welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Today, I'm sitting down with James Milley, co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. James, how are you? Welcome to the show. I am doing great. Uh, thank you for having me here. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. So where are you located in the world? Ooh, uh, I am in Dumbo, Brooklyn. Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day today. Um, but yeah, I, I've been here for about three years okay. um, and, you know, loving it. <laughs> yeah. So since you're, it's kind of in the epicenter of New York, how, how has New York been during this pandemic time? New York has been surprisingly pleasant. Um, and I think that that's something that not a lot of people realize around the country. I know that my family over on the West Coast, they have it much worse. And they're like, oh, my goodness, how, how, you know, on the phone that they're, you know, wondering, oh, how is everything in New York? Is everything like terrifying? And, you know, restaurants have been open for a really long time. I think that you know, we had it really hard early on. And so we reacted and responded uh, very quickly. And that kind of helped us stabilize uh, mm -hmm. a lot sooner. So New York has been stable <laughs> for, for a while. Um, but, you know, there's fewer tourists, which, you know, is sad for economical reasons. Um, but it's, I, I keep referring to it as the New York of every New Yorker's dream, where it's, everything is open, yeah. but there's fewer tourists, like, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> um, so it's actually, it's actually quite nice, um, yeah. from that perspective, um, obviously things are weird everywhere, but, uh, New York is, it's actually not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. Uh, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I used, I lived in New York a long time ago, but um, it's the, a similar thing has happened in in Boston, which is where I'm at right now. And you know, it's it's easier to get around places. There's less traffic. There's less just crowds of people, which is sad and again one way, but also it makes it so much easier to enjoy the city and to get out and around. So. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I get that. <laughs> so it's it's good to hear that you know that New York is not as bad as the as uh, you know traditional media outlets have kind of played it out to be. So that's that's good. So for my listeners who are less familiar with you and your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Yeah. Um. So I am the co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. Uh, it takes place in five cities around the country right now. Uh, we're expanding to seven. Um. In the next, it's going to be in 2021. Uh. Probably 22 for for expanding to seven. <laughs> um. But, uh. Yes. So we are in um. Uh. New York, Washington D.C., uh. Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle right now. Uh. Which is very exciting. 
Um, besides that, I am also uh, a visual artist myself. Uh, I'm a photographer. It's very surreal, uh, just kind of whimsical work. Um, if if you take a look at you know my website or Instagram or, or see me at Superfine, then uh, <laughs> you can learn a little more about that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that beyond art itself, I, I'm just really passionate about Superfine and, and being able to uh, create a space that is so welcoming for, for artists. Um, that's one of the things that makes Superfine very different from most fairs out there is mm -hmm. it's, um, it's primarily designed for artists. Um, so it's a place where artists can meet collectors one-on-one -on -one and actually make those long-term connections. Um, and it's a place where they are able to learn more about their career. Um, so leading up to each fair, uh, we're helping them prepare. Uh, so it's not just they're being thrown into something big and crazy. It's <laughs> um, uh, we're helping them price their art, helping them curate it, um, helping them know how to talk to people, uh, what we're seeing. I mean, you know, after having 15 or so fairs uh, over the last five years, uh, we, we are able to observe a lot of trends in terms of uh, what, uh, what people are looking for in art, what, prices of art sell well, uh, and we're able to con uh, communicate that to, to artists and help them be as prepared as possible. Yeah. Oh, good. good. That sounds like a, a fantastic experience for everybody involved. So let's, before we go into that deep, into those details, um, in your own life, what made you interested in getting involved in the arts? Hmm. It's a good question. So I've, I myself have been involved in art since I was, you know, very young. Um, I've always been dabbling around with, you know, mainly photography, but also drawing, things like that. Um, and I never really knew what I was doing with it. Um, and then my partner, Alex, and I, we, we met up um, uh, six years ago, and uh, we were starting to navigate what it looked like to actually uh, you know, sell my art, um, and actually have something, uh, more tangible with it. Uh, so I, you know, went from the, the very bottom <laughs> all the way to where I am now. Um, just, you know, starting out with selling $50 prints of, of my art unframed, like, like on the wall with, with magnets, um, all the way to, you know, a much more professional presentation and really having honed in on exactly what price makes sense uh, for my art where I can uh, make a, a substantial profit and also be uh, selling it at a price that people are happy about. Mm -hmm. um, so that has been uh, my path with myself as an artist. Um, and as we've created that path, that's, we've, we've also observed uh, a lot of what um, artists are struggling with in the art world in general. I've, I've done kind of all of the above. I've been in art fairs before we had an art fair. Uh, I uh, had gallery shows in, you know, various countries around the world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's to kind of just go with the flow in the art world and, and what is presumed, uh, you know, I think puts artists at a disadvantage. Um, and I think that having a little more like insider information and knowledge uh, actually, you know, really helps you 
stand out and and not go through all these struggles of of you know considering yourself a starving artist indefinitely um <laughs> i think that there's uh <laughs> there's some some easy uh fixes and and knowing which path to take from the start mm -hmm. um versus having to learn all of the wrong ways to go is is uh <laughs> uh makes things easier so yeah oh, good so Talk to me about that moment where you and Alex decided that Superfine Art Fair was what you wanted to start. And, and what was that process like from, from coming up with an idea to actually doing this and then launching your company? Yeah. Um, so before Superfine, mainly Alex, I was, I was involved, um, but uh, he and I were producing pop-up events all over New York City. Um, that was... Uh, some were art, some some were art shows for me, art shows mm -hmm. for other artists. Um, we actually participated in multiple art fairs. Um, and then we also had other events uh, that were kind of more in the hospitality realm. Um, so like music or food events. Um, and all of that combined kind of created what Superfine was, which was um, a more approachable place for people to discover and, and buy art. Um, so when we first kind of conceived of the idea, um, it was, it was in Miami, um, or it, it was, it was going to be in Miami. We were still in New York mm -hmm. and it was actually going to, it, it, the, the first one was, was a bit more of a hodgepodge. Um, it was, it was art meets design meets music and, it was very cool. It was very different than what Superfine is now. Um, so there was a giant stage uh, in the middle of this abandoned office building, uh, like 60,000 square feet in uh, northern Miami. And we had some huge, or not huge, but like relatively large music acts. We had um, uh, Bayo, uh, who's the bass player from Vampire Weekend. Uh, we had uh, Lauv, who I actually went to college with, and and he was not as famous then, but he's more famous now. Um, and we also had um, uh, Poolside, uh, is is just another uh, music group. I'm a big fan of them. Anyway, um, that's a digression. Um, anyway, so the first Superfine still had the same ethos to it um, of we wanted to make an approachable place for people um, to discover art. And the idea of combining it with design and also music was, you know, these are kind of, you know, everyone buys furniture for their homes, but not everyone buys art for their walls, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, you know, Alex and I, we now have over 400 pieces of art, not saying that everyone needs to have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone should, should collect art. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's sort of where Superfine started as just this approachable environment. Uh, we ultimately honed in more on, on art um, mm -hmm. and, and that's been what we've been focused on. Yeah. So let's talk about then what's happening now with art and what you've learned uh, because obviously, you know, COVID hits and it shuts everything down in the art world, especially. So what happened, you know, when, like what happened in the journey of your, your company right before COVID and then now since COVID has hit, how have things evolved and, and what are you looking at and seeing in the art world? Yeah, so 
just before COVID was great. We we uh, actually had our our first San Francisco fair mm -hmm. a week before lockdown, uh, which was, you know, it, it was it was one of our most successful fairs um, in terms of um, artist re-sign-up. So artists who were in the fair signing up again for the next year, we had the most that um, we had ever had, which is just a really good indicator that our artist clients were happy with the experience. Um, and so we were very much on the up and up. Um, and then, yes, COVID hit. Um, so we, we ultimately postponed all of our 2020 fairs uh, to next year. Um, and we really shifted over to the online realm for the time being. Uh, we already had uh, online versions of the fairs in the form of our e-fair, um, but we kind of amped that up a little more. Um, we still uh, we still launched our New York fair. So we, we had three fairs in New York. That was um, what was going to happen next in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, so the physical fairs were postponed to next year, but we still had um, the virtual fairs. Um, and we added more to it. We had museum tours with it. Um, and we had a higher marketing budget than we normally do. And we sold over $100,000 in art on that e-fair, which was, you know, it's not as much as we sell at the in-person fairs, but it was, it was really nice for the artists in the meantime. Um, and then we also have uh, created, you know, weekly e-learning. So we, um, we had a, a weekly webinar that we were hosting every Friday with different guests. Um, and we also had some other options for uh, kind of like deeper dive master classes. Um, and as we're kind of, you know, preparing for the physical fairs, we're uh, moving some of that away. Um, we're still keeping the, uh, the weekly uh, class, if you will, alive in the form of a podcast as well. Um, and um, but besides that, we're, we're preparing for the, the in-person fairs again for next year. Oh, great. And when, so when do your official in-person fairs begin? So they begin in February. Okay. Um, Los Angeles and San Francisco are the beginning and end of February. And then after that, we have New York in the spring. Uh, those are uh, three unique fairs, each with their own theme. Um, so the first one's uh, all female artists. The middle one, it's all surreal art. And then the last one is all LGBTQ plus artists. Um, so that is in the spring. And then Seattle is over the summer. And then Washington, D.C. is in the fall uh, Halloween weekend. Oh, great. How do you, so how do you choose which locations you um, create these at? And how do you decide what artists are involved? So in terms of the location, um, and this goes against some of the trends in the art world for art fairs. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually sometimes veer away from like sexier places to, to be. So for Miami, for instance. So we started the fair in Miami yeah. um, and we no longer do the fair in Miami just because it wasn't having as many art sales and, and serious buyers as the rest of our locations. So okay. we started in Miami because there was 30 fairs in Miami and we, we saw an opportunity and it, and it seemed exciting to go there. Um, and it's always, you know, a very bustling fair. Artists are really excited to be a part of it, but 
we've focused on these other markets where the numbers make more sense. Um, there's, uh, you know, clear disposable income in those cities. Uh, and there's already a trend of people buying art there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has been how we're deciding on cities moving forward, um, is does this make sense for our artist clients? Um, that being said, artists ask us probably every month, even now, Hey, are you going to come back to Miami? Um, <laughs> Yeah, artists really want to be a part of Miami. I would not recommend that out there um, uh, for artists. Just, yeah, if you're going to be there, it should be for, for you know, having the experience and really enjoying being a part of this, this big, exciting thing. But if you're there to, you know, make money and, and sell your art, it can happen. It mm -hmm. obviously does, but it's not as consistent as other markets out there. Um, in terms of what artists uh, exhibit in the fair, uh, so it's pretty democratic in that regard. So we have uh, open calls uh, that are all over the country. Um, and then we also have uh, a team. It's primarily myself and uh, we have one artist ambassador who are kind of in charge of um, researching and reaching out to artists. Mm -hmm. um, but basically before anyone uh, signs up for the fair, um, we, you know, jump on a call with them. Uh, we learn what their goals are, uh, and you know, if their goals line up with what we offer, um, then we find that it's a good fit. Besides that, obviously, you know, if the art is high quality and it fits what we're finding our audience buying. Um, but besides that, I mean, we're, we're really, um, you know, welcoming of, of all artists. It's, it's, uh, primarily emerging to mid-career artists. So it's not so much, big name famous artists um that's mm -hmm. that's not our focus um but yeah so it's it's artists from all over the country all over the world um i would say that it's probably you know 75 percent from the us and then 25 percent from elsewhere yeah Ooh, interesting so would you be comfortable talking about the business model of Superfine? like particularly with the the fairs themselves how do like how does that work with the artists and and what's that relationship like yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a few ways that art fairs function out there in terms of the business model. Um, and there are a couple other art fairs out there that are primarily for individual artists. Um, what makes us unique is that it's just the, the booth fee. Um, so it's a, it's a flat booth fee for uh, whichever size booth you, you purchase. Um, and we don't take a commission. So okay. you know, other art fairs out there, um, they charge a booth fee and a commission. Um, ours is just the booth fee. Um, so, you know, some artists prefer one over the other. Having the split model means that the, the booth fee isn't as expensive up front. But if you are successful, then, you know, you uh, have to be paying more money. <laughs> um, and also with that, you, you're not really in charge of everything. So the, you know, the fair, um, when you're uh, paying them a commission, they're actually the ones who handle the transactions usually. Um, so you're having to wait for that money. You're having to wait to, um, uh, you know, kind of cash out, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so that's that's sort of the back end um, is there's a booth fee involved uh, for the artist to participate. And uh, besides that, um, we do have um, the 
visitors of the fair. Uh, they, they pay to be there. We found that having paid tickets is the number one indicator of having a serious and qualified audience coming to the fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and bring it back to Miami. Not, I don't know why I'm bringing up Miami so much, um, but I am. Um, it's, it's a good example. Um, so in Miami, especially during that week, um, everyone considers themselves a VIP. Um, so everyone expects free tickets. Um, they can get them from like some various museum in Miami or some organization. Mm-hmm. And then everyone kind of either shows up or doesn't because they have tickets to everything. Um, even just charging like a $10 ticket makes a world of difference. And uh, when someone is buying a ticket to Superfine, uh, we also ask them, you know, what is their, their mission, so to speak, of, of coming to visit the fair. Uh, and over 75% of people indicate uh, that the reason they're coming is to buy art for their home. Um, so, you know, that makes a huge difference. We have, um, you know, obviously not everyone is going to, to buy something, but uh, we have 20 to 30% of visitors buying a work of art while they're at the fair, which, you know, is, is a lot more than most fairs out there. Yeah. Great. So with um, the groups you've been working with so far, are there any buyer trends that you've noticed that have happened because of, of COVID that have been different, let's say, than like before um, with like actual f- physically being able to see the art versus buying it virtually? Or is it about the same? Yeah, I mean, there's, I would say that generally it's about the same. Um, there's a couple trends. So for instance, there's um, this one uh, multimedia artist who uh, is in our New York fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, his art is really stunning and, and like, like incredible in, in person, but it's, it's kinetic, it's light based. Um, so having it online, uh, he had a bit of a struggle with. Um, but ultimately, he ended up having uh, an in person studio visit. Um, because of the e-fair and mm-hmm. and then he he had some great sales um <laughs> um besides that you know i think that you know when art f- translates easily online um i i think that that makes it easier to sell and and we've seen a lot of art that just looks great online selling right now mm-hmm. um if your art doesn't naturally look great online for whatever reason like if it's very textural and that's something that's so important to to you know how you're seeing it in person um videos and detail shots and shots at like different angles of the work are so important um so if if you're going to um uh if if that's what your work is like and you're selling online the more the better And, and really people you know whether it's in person or online people really just want to to know what they are are buying um and like really having like a full grasp of it um before they make that purchase if if it's you know under if it's a couple hundred dollars or something like that then people are are more lax about that Mm -hmm. um but generally if you're trying to sell something over a thousand dollars um people should people want to be able to really envision it um before buying that was one of the reasons, um, so with the virtual e-fairs that we've been hosting in the meantime, uh, we partnered with a company called Exhibit, uh, which is with two Bs. Um, and um, we, we've had uh, virtual gallery spaces 
um, as part of the eFair as well. So people can uh, walk through those and it gives you a sense of the scale of the work uh, in relation to um, one another. And that's something that has made a huge difference as well, um, just in terms of people being able to envision it before making that purchase. So yeah. those are some trends I've noticed. So in, in the fairs you've done so far, particularly with, let's say, new artists, how much of their, the artist's personal story do the buyers look into, you know, to, to decide to make a purchase on somebody who they've not heard of before? This is a great question, uh, and it is uh, super important. So just about as many people um, who come to the fair who say, they're, they're coming to buy art, um, also say that their favorite aspect of our fairs is meeting the artists in person, learning about their story. Um, so that is like, that, that's such a huge reason that people are buying art nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the really exciting thing. If you're an individual artist, um, take advantage of that. You know, you, you know your own story, obviously. Um, and uh, that's something that, that only you can share. Um, and, and you should really take advantage of that, but absolutely it's super important and what, whatever that means for you. So, you know, a lot of artists ask, oh, should I talk about my process? Should I talk about the meaning behind the work? And you know, what it, it can depend, um, for, for different artists, um, what their story means to them. Um, so some artists are really passionate about, you know, what media they're using. Um, and some artists are really, you know, passionate, you know, something happened in their life and that's what their work means to them. Um, whatever it is that makes you passionate about your art, that's going to be the thing that sounds most natural. And that's going to be the thing that excites someone else to, to buy your art. Like what, you know, they're, they're buying a piece of your life, your history and, and you want to convey that. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so James, with, with everything that you have done and experienced in, in your own career, what would you say has been the best advice that you ever received? Ooh, um, so actually, um, I received some really wonderful advice from my neighbor, uh, back. So I, I, as I mentioned, I, I lived uh, I, I've been here in New York uh, for three years. Before that, I was in Miami for two years while we were starting Superfine there. Uh, and before that, I was in New York for another uh, two years or so. Uh, and my neighbor at the time, he's this wonderful, uh, actually like like pretty famous, he would call himself legendary um, British photographer. Um, his name is Johnny Roja. And he gave me some of the best advice that has stuck with me um, to this day. So when I was trying to sell my art at the time, I, you know, I was creating a lot of art and I was, you know, just trying to get it out there however I could. I was doing a lot of different things. Um, and he told me that I should make my art feel precious. And that doesn't mean overly valued or anything like that. But, you know, if something is going to be small, you know, it should be small and, and really feel like it fits that size. If it's going to be huge, it, you know, it should be huge for a reason. Um, so, you know, those words, you know, just making it precious have really stuck with me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it, I think there's a few ways to, to interpret that. Um, but 
I don't really think of it as, as this like pretentious thing. I think that, <laughs> um, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit, um, but yes, the, the way that he explained it um, was just very touching and it stuck with me. And so now every time that I'm, I'm looking at how can I make my art better? How can I make it more valuable for people? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, how can I make it just more special, more precious, um, and, and really, you know, stand out as something, uh, important and, and meaningful, uh, that someone's buying. So, yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to see more about your work, also what Superfine is up to, what's the best place they can go to do all of that? Yeah, so uh, my art is uh, www.jamesmillie.com or just at jamesmillie on Instagram. Uh, for those listening out there, my last name, Millie, is M-I-I-L-L-E. Don't ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that. Uh, um, and then for Superfine, uh, we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Uh, and then our website is www.superfine.world, as in the earth. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can find us there. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email directly, um, you can email me at james at superfine.world. Uh, and I'm happy to answer any questions that any artists have uh, just about their art career in general. I'm happy to jump on a call with them if they're curious about exhibiting in Superfine. Uh, and and uh, we can uh, chat about that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's how to how to find us. Fantastic. I will put all of those links and your email in the show notes. So just in case people can click right through if they, if they didn't catch it all. But uh, this is a great again. Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.